You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Today's message is especially for those of us in church this morning who have a secret thought or an internal dialogue that goes through their hearts and minds sometimes, which is, I've got a lot on my plate. This message is about owning your capacity. And I'm gonna read to you a story where Jesus and His disciples come up against a situation that challenges the disciples' Um, understanding of their own capacity. Give me a wave if you've ever found yourself in a situation where you're like, I don't know if I can handle what I'm about to go through. Well, this is what the disciples were feeling. You have to understand these were, these were young men who had already had to fight off the insecurity of not being chosen by the local rabbi or you know the, 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 the learned group of people that already been rejected from that life and become fishermen and sort of more tradesmen in their, um, in their career choice. And yet Jesus selected them personally, handpicked them and things were going well, but they come to a point and you can imagine them going, I knew I wasn't enough. I knew I've been sort of like, you know, at the edge of my ability for all these weeks and all these different things that Jesus has been doing, but I've finally been found out. It goes like this in Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 15. I'm gonna start at verse 15. It says, As evening approached, the disciples came to Him. This is a remote place and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. There was a huge crowd wanting to listen to Jesus. And so Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We've only got five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And verse 18, Jesus said, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the loaves and the fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men. On top of that, there were women and children also. Father, we just commit the next 20 minutes of our heart space, our heart focus to you and we give you full permission to speak to us. I pray that we would be transformed by this this little study, this little adventure, this little exploration into your Word. Thank you that you have something for every single person in church and those watching on a screen somewhere as well. Let us receive from you in this service. Let us be transformed by your presence and your power in this service, in Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Give someone next to you a high five before you sit down. Not in the face, in the hand. There we go, there we go. I've called today's message, you're going to need 
a bigger plate. You're going to need a bigger plate. I don't know about you, but I love going to an all-you-can-eat buffet. Come on, if you love those places where you can go back as many times as you want and you can just suspend all judgment and just fill that sucker. I'm talking about a mountain. But maybe like me, you're also wise to these, these institutional restaurants that try to beat us by providing a really small plate. Come on, eat all you can as long as it fits on a saucer. Come on now, this, the, the, the system is rigged against us, but I, like you, am committed to beating the system. Come on, you can extend the size of your plate using structural engineering and chips. Come on, chips like rays of the sun around the plate to extend the girth of this plate so you can walk back to your seat with a mountain of lasagna and a jacket potato just because you can with some toast and mash. Load up the carbs, baby, right? But I, I called this message, you're gonna need a bigger plate because my, my other thing that I've tried to do a few times in a buffet is wait until there was like a serving platter like this that everything had been taken off and then use that as my plate. You know what I'm saying? I'll show you. I'll stick it to the man in this all-you-can-eat buffet as I take my table-sized <laughs> plate back to my seat because I'm going to beat the system. But really, I'm trying to speak to that feeling that we all have had or we all have or we all will have is when it feels like your capacity is getting towards the edge. Like you've got too much on your plate. Joel, do me a favour, jump up here, would you? This is our youth pastor, his name's Joel. Give him a great big round of applause. Just hold this plate. I want you to imagine for a moment that this plate represents your capacity, your ability to deal with everything that God has put in your life. And what happens is, and I'm speaking specifically now to those who find themselves occasionally in a situation where there's a bit of stuff going on. God's given you responsibility. Maybe you're a married person and you feel the weight of the responsibility for your spouse. Maybe you're a parent and you feel the weight of responsibility for your children. Maybe God gave you a brilliant job and you have the responsibility for that job. And as you go through your life, what tends to happen is your plate tends to get loaded with stuff and it's all the stuff that God has brought into your life. But I really wanna speak to the thought that comes into our minds, especially it can come around this time of year, because if you're part of our church, you'll know that every year we do a series called Own It. And every year we're laying down a new challenge for Audacious Church. And every year you remember that Audacious Church is a church that always bites off more than it can chew. And if you are the church, then you're in the habit of doing exactly the same. And there comes a moment in your life when Pastor Glenn or your boss at work or just your circumstances cause this to happen. I'm gonna give you just a little bit more responsibility. And what happens is the fear is that if you keep giving me stuff, if I keep saying yes to stuff, then what's gonna happen is I'm going to drop something. And the, there are two sort of, common reactions in this situation. One is denial. 
I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Don't, don't ask me anything, don't talk to me, don't say anything because if someone even sneezes near me, I'm going to drop something, denial. Or the other thing that people do is just absolute despair. Like I'm just, there's no point and how am I supposed to do everything and how dare you and look at the state of all this stuff that's going, like with two extremes. But this message is called, you're gonna need a bigger plate. Because there's something about your capacity that can be increased if you take the words of Jesus to heart and recognise that there's more in you or more to you than you currently experience. When I was 18, Joel, I thought that I had peaked in terms of all that I would ever do with my life. I was like absolutely convinced that there was no chance I would ever be able to do or think or be anything other than what I had right now because I felt like I was completely overwhelmed. But over the years, because I'm committed as a disciple of Jesus Christ to grow in God, He has taken me from this size plate to this size plate. Joel, have a seat bro, because you're going to stay there for probably the whole message. Oh, it's a long way down. Good. It's 30 years old now, people. Looking at this story, I want to try and see if I can convince you, if I can win you over to the fact that you can own your capacity. You can get to this stage in your life. And let's face it, if you're growing in God, you will you will get to a stage where things are starting to fall off and you will have this thought come into your mind, which is, okay, I'm gonna have to take a few things off my plate. You're gonna assess your life. You're gonna assess all that you're doing and you're gonna say, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed. I need to choose what it is that God got wrong when He asked me to do it because He didn't fully understand my capacity. I'm gonna have to educate God, the King of the universe, and just remind Him of my limitations and say, God, you've given me all these things, but you obviously didn't realise, you know, kind of who I was or you thought that I was better than I actually am. And so I'm just gonna say, okay, out of all, the things you've given me, I'm just going to do these and I'm going to do them well. I don't want to do like, I don't want to do anything half-hearted. I don't want to do anything not very well. So I'm just going to do these two things. Negating the fact that God is the God of the universe and that He knows your capacity. When the disciples went to Jesus and said, like, we need to send them all away. In other words, look, this is all, this, we're at the edge of our capacity. And Jesus said, you feed them. It seems to me that Jesus knows something more about your capacity than even you do. And there are three things that I want to highlight from this story that are going to help every single person in this church, not necessarily just to do with our vision Sunday next Sunday, but yes, including that, so that we can look to the year ahead and say, you know what, I, I, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I believe in a supernatural God who can take my capacity from this size to this size. You can increase me. You've got to own your capacity. So here's the three things. The first one is initiative. Initiative. It starts with accepting that you can grow. Jesus said to the disciples, you feed them. This represents a understanding of Jesus that the disciples' uh, capacity was more than what they thought. 
He, as the, as the creator of them, as the creator of your life and what you can cope with, He knows your capacity greater than you do. And for you to say, okay, instead of being a victim of my circumstances, instead of being a victim of all this stuff that's been put on me, I'm going to recognise that there's something in me that I've not yet discovered. Come on, Audacious Church, there's more in you than you think. There's more to you than you currently experience. Imagine talking to your 16-year-old self. And that 16-year-old you saying, well, you know, I don't know if I can cope with this heartbreak you know, from that girl or that guy at school. And it was like, and you now would say to yourself, oh my gosh, you, oh, listen, there's more of that to come. Listen, if you think this is the end of you, you're mistaken. But now with hindsight, you look back and say to your old self, you, you, can, you can cope with that and more. Well, God is already in your future. Jesus is already in your future. And so He's able to come back to you where you are right now and say, I know it feels like a lot. I know it feels like, you know, you're just gonna drop something and that's gonna be embarrassing and everyone's gonna know that you're not what you, you pretended to be. But I've seen what's coming your way and this is nothing because there's more in you, Joel, than what you're currently experiencing. So I think it starts with us. It starts with, Je like, why did Jesus say you feed them? Because he wanted, he was speaking into that insecure, working class kind of um, fisherman mentality that was like, I knew I couldn't be a, a, a you know, like a, a learned person, like all my, I, I knew, I mean, I didn't even become, you know, a student of a rabbi. I became a fisherman because, because I knew I wasn't good enough. And now here I am, and now I'm going to get, and Jesus just said, you feed them. You fisherman who thinks that you're less than what I say you are, you feed them. I wonder if there's anyone in church today who's fed up at being a victim of your own circumstances and recognise that there's something in you according to Scripture. Because the Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Listen to this, Noah didn't know he could build a boat when he was the only righteous person on dry land. Moses didn't know he could lead a million people when he was on the run for murder and wanted and, and, and uh, in the middle of the desert. Joshua didn't know he could knock down walls when he'd been walking around in circles for days on end. Gideon didn't know that he could defeat a huge army when he was outnumbered thousands to one. David didn't know that he could kill a giant twice his size when he was being laughed at by his brothers who were soldiers. Daniel didn't know he could chill with lions when he was the only Christian in the village who knelt down to pray in the face of opposition and persecution. I'm going to keep going, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't know they could walk through fire when everyone around them hit the deck at the sound of trumpets. Peter didn't know he could walk on water when the spray of the storm was filling his nostrils and the waves threw him and his friends around on the boat. Peter, Paul didn't know he could walk through walls when he was in prison. This side of taking the initiative is where you and I are super aware of our lack. But there's another portion waiting for you on the other side of saying, okay, I'm gonna step out in faith. Of course you haven't got enough. But we don't live by rules, we live by relationship, by faith. You gotta come back tonight, I'm gonna speak a message tonight about rules versus relationship. And I'll tell you, if you're gonna live somewhere, Choose relationship. The second ingredient 
of this story that shows us how to increase our capacity is quite simply the supernatural. The supernatural. Because Jesus said, you feed them. And they said, well, uh, we've only got this and we've only got that. And then Jesus said these words, bring them here to me. In other words, your limited capacity in the hands of Jesus like has multiplication power in it that when it's just in your hands, it hasn't. So the disciples, stand up, Joel, the disciples came to Jesus with their limitation. Just pick up your other Yorkshires. I got these because I was thinking of Carveries and, and uh, I'm a bit hungry. The disciples came to Jesus and he said, bring them here to me. And what happened was the disciples put everything they had into the hands of Jesus. And Jesus took their capacity supernaturally. It's not a science that I can explain to you. I wish I had a white coat and a stick and a, and a little lab coat with some glasses and I could sort of show you the molecules. I don't know how it works. But there's something about that story that ends with everyone being fed and 12 baskets left over that meant their capacity went from this to this. And the moment that it happened was not in their hands. It was when they went, okay, we'll try at least to take some responsibility. And Jesus said, this is how you take responsibility for increasing your capacity, boys. Give everything that you've got to me and I will take your tiny plate and I will turn it into a bigger plate because I am a supernatural God. If you want success in your business, don't put your business first. Because then you're, you're trying to make something out of this. If you want your business to be successful, put your business in God's hands because He will supernaturally multiply your capacity and people will say to you, I don't know how you do it. And you'll be like, neither do I. If you want your marriage to be successful, don't put your spouse first. I mean, put her or him second, but don't put them first. Because then otherwise, you're trying to juggle everything. Yes, I'm trying my best love and yeah, I forgot to put the bins out and I didn't wash up. <laughs> Tell us more about yourself, Paul Reed. <laughs> but actually, if you say, you know what, sweetheart, this is how I'm gonna love you so much better is I'm gonna put God first. Because God will supernaturally multiply. They gave them to Jesus. He broke them and that's where the multiplication happened. Your capacity is increased by your understanding and, and, and a confidence that grows that He asked, so He will do. I'm just a tool in God's hand. I'm just a worker in His garden. I'm just a, 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 a cog in His, like the, you know, the, the machine. It sounds a bit cold, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just, a, I'm just a small part, but let me tell you, when I put everything I've got into God's hand, like how can you be 100% wholehearted in more than one thing? How can I be 100% husband and 100% father? Mathematically, it doesn't work out right. And so what we do is we start dividing and, and divide and conquer type thing. And then we end up with just nothing left. Whereas God is saying, be a 100% disciple and I will make you a great father. I will make you a great friend. I will make you a great son or daughter. I will make you a great business person. I will make you a great teacher. 
supernatural. So it's initiative. God says, you can do this. It's in you. I've got to be honest with you. I'm just going to, don't tell anyone. When Pastor Glenn and Sophia said to me and Zoe about being the campus pastors in Manchester, I said to him, I don't know, boss. I'm not you. You know what he said? He said, it's in you. You can do it. And thank God, because there's something about surrendering a sacrifice, just like putting it into God's hands that mean what I can do and what you can do and what Justin can do and what Catherine can do, it's just, it's way outside of what we can do when we put it into God's hands. The third thing, the third thing is this, is partnership. Partnership. The Bible says these words, directed the people to sit, in, sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then listen to this, then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. In this surrendering of giving it all to Jesus, you're not then just chilling out, putting your hand, arms behind your head, crossing your legs over, just like this is not a picture of, of increased capacity. It's like you give it to Jesus and then he goes, okay, you have them. Come here, Daz. You have these, just stay there. Now we're talking about partnership because Joel is partnering with, I was gonna say me, God. <laughs> Let it be said for the record that I'm not God and I don't think I'm God, but in this illustration, I'm representing God. So, so Joel is now partnering with God, but also Joel is partnering with Darren. And what happens is, is that, that what Darren could achieve on his own and what Joel could achieve on, on his own, when you put them two together, is greater than the sum of the two individual parts. And so now we start to see what the church is all about, is we put God first, but then we, we don't just chill, we put God first and then God empowers us, He supernaturally multiplies us so that we can play our part. The Bible says that because of this partnership, everybody was fed. Come on, imagine if everybody in Greater Manchester heard and knew the message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ and had their life turned upside down just like mine and yours has. And then at the end, it says that there were 12 baskets left over. Imagine when we built our new building and we've executed all the plans and dreams that God's given us and we've done this and we've fed the homeless and we've, we've reduced suicide rate in, in great... Imagine when we've done all that and then we've still got all this resource left over to dream again like Pastor Glenn talked to us about last week and say, well, what shall we do now? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do before we even get there because we know we're gonna get there is that we'll probably start another campus somewhere and we'll be like, oh gosh, I don't know if we've got too much on our plate, Glenn. I don't know if we've got too much on our plate, God. And God says, just give it to me. I'll multiply it. Then you partner. Then we'll turn the world upside down. I know it's a bit like, you know, kind of Disney how I'm doing it, but I'm trying to help you to understand that when this comes around every year, that sort of internal dialogue that's like, well, I, I, I hear you, but like, I've got a lot going on. When the opportunities of God come into your life, instead of just thinking, well, what am I going to have to, you know, kind of like put down so that I can pick up something else? And we know there's wisdom in that. We know that, that you know, there's, there's, uh, we need counsel and we need people to come with us. But even that is a picture of partnership. 
You know, there's three ways that you can partner with Audacious Church. You can sit down, you can sit down right there. Thanks, Daz. Feel free to tuck in. Three ways, and, and if you're part of our church, you already know this, but let me remind you, and those of you who are new or maybe have come more recently, let me tell you what partnership with Audacious Church Vision looks like. It's three things, or, or, or here's three kind of real juicy ones. There's lots of ways, but, but, but you can join a small group because there's something about taking this big crowd and making it just a, a little group. Because there's something about looking someone in the eye. There's something about walking with someone. There's something about growing together. There's something about laughing together and crying together that you can't do in a crowd, but you can do in a small group. And every week since the start of September, we've been saying, you've got to join a small group. And out in the foyer, there's a, a couch and some, some little, uh, like little podiums with the iPads on because we're trying to get small groups in front of you so you recognise there's something powerful about partnership. And you can't partner across a crowded ballroom. No, 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 you partner by coming together and, and talking and living and growing and crying and laughing. And you have to push through the awkwardness and you have to maybe open your home and you have to maybe sacrifice something, but recognise that that's what partnership looks like. And for the sake of our city and the sake of the people in your life that don't know Jesus, you've got to partner with God and with the house of God. Also join the team. You know what? Every week we're saying, come on, help us, get involved. Is it because we don't have enough people on team? Principally, no. Principally, no. My watch is bugging me. I can't fasten it. Principally, no, it's not because we don't have enough people on team. It's because we recognise the power of partnership. And if you choose to partner with the house of God by saying, okay, I'll do my bit. I'll park the cars. I'll do this. I'll do that. Clara is just on a break from uni for a week or whatever. And she's playing keyboard because the minute she gets back here, we thrust a keyboard under her hands. And she says, yeah, I'll do it. And thank God for Clara. But we need, we need a thousand Claras. And don't get me started on how many guitarists we need, Ben. Am I right? Last week, Sam Allen played keyboard and guitar at the same time. Now, there's not a lot of people can do that, but Sam can, and we're glad about that. Good for Sam, but we'd rather him just play keys or guitar and someone else do the other one. What's that? We need people to partner with us. The third one is giving, to partner with us by putting God first in your finance. And earlier in the service, Pastor Joel was helping us with the offering, and he was talking principally about the tithe. The kingdom principle, the spiritual discipline, the biblical um, idea that you put God first, even in that area of your life. And once you've done that, oh, it's like putting all your Yorkshire puddings in God's hands. If you want, if you want to, you want to, you want to grow your finances. Don't don't put don't put saving for a rainy day first. Don't put investments first. Don't put your subscriptions first. Put God first because He will multiply supernaturally your capacity. And the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Next week on Sunday the 29th, we're gonna take our annual vision offering. This is your opportunity as a family to stand together and say, you know what, over and above my tithe, I'm actually gonna sow like a seed. I'm gonna sow the seed of the resource that God has brought into my life, into the soil of the kingdom of God, His house. And we, by doing that, we're gonna partner in something and we're gonna be able to achieve something. You could put something on your CV that you would never be able to put on if you didn't. And that is transformation. I was involved in turning the world upside down for Jesus. 
Come on, put on your CV. Or maybe don't, because your employer will be like, what the heck are you on about? But you know what I'm saying? On your spiritual CV. Say, I didn't just stay with what I had. I recognise that if I put this into the hands of Jesus, He will multiply it. And so there's gonna come a point in the service next week where we say, hey, if you wanna stand and be part of this, this vision, if you wanna own the vision of Audacious Church, why don't you get out your seat as a family and you hold hands and you walk down the front and you put your offering, the seed of your finance, your resource into the bucket. And by doing that, you're saying, come on, let's partner in building the kingdom of God in this city. Every year since we started, we've done it. And every year since we've been here, we've been involved in giving in this way. And this is an invitation from God, from our senior pastors and from us as well to say, will you stand with us next week? Pastor Glenn coined these phrases when we first started doing this or, or in recent years about the vision offering. He said, be radical, not reckless. We're not trying to get you to do something stupid or unwise, but we recognise that Audacious is a church that always bites off more than it can chew. There's something radical about saying, you know what, I could have that, but you know what, I'm gonna sacrifice that so I can build the kingdom of God. It's radical. It's radical in 2023 to put God above comforts. The second thing Glenn always says is give by faith, not by credit. Give by faith, not by credit. It's easy to give by credit. But what you do when you do that is you borrow from tomorrow to pay for something today. That's not the godly way to do it. Don't give what you don't have. Third thing he says is sacrifice luxuries, not living. Not talking about putting yourself as a family in a situation that you're then gonna regret and then gonna uh, have to sort of backtrack on or end up in a situation. But come on, you know that in your life, you could go without a latte. You could go without fast food. You could go without something to say, you know what, I'm gonna sacrifice this luxury because I wanna build the kingdom of God. And I dare you to do that. And the fourth thing that he always says is to pray and prepare. And that's the challenge for you this week. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.